I'm reading from the Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 5, verse 5. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. All the Beatitudes are mysterious. When Jesus describes the blessed, blissful, happy people in the world, he says that they are those who are poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, the hungry, the persecuted. How could such people be happy? But the beatitude that we are going to study now just seems to be totally wrong. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. How can this beatitude possibly be true? In our modern American way of looking at things, the meek don't inherit anything, much less the earth. The meek inherit ridicule, abuse, and a six-foot hole in the ground at the end of life. That's what the meek inherit. But Jesus said that they inherit the earth. Part of our problem with this verse is that we don't really understand what Jesus meant by meekness. In our way of looking at things, meekness equals weakness. If you check a thesaurus for synonyms of meekness, you find words such as timid and shy. But that is not biblical meekness. Moses was meek. Jesus was meek. But they were not timid and shy. Numbers 12.3 says, Now the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. Quite a statement. Moses was the meekest man in the whole world. Now to understand that verse, you have to look at the whole context. Moses had just married a Cushite woman. Aaron and Miriam were very upset about this marriage and they criticized Moses. You remember that the Lord struck Miriam with leprosy for having criticized Moses in this way. But as we look at this story, what did Moses say in defense of himself? Not one word. The only thing that Moses does is pray that Miriam might be healed of her leprosy. That's not the way we would have handled it. We would have lashed out in anger against those who had criticized us. If our opponent had been cursed with a disease, we would have said, good enough far, but not Moses. When he was criticized, he didn't retaliate, but rather prayed for the one who had criticized him. He was the meekest man on the face of the earth. This word for meek was sometimes used to describe animals that had been domesticated. If one took a wild animal, a wild stallion, for example, broke him and trained him, then he was said to be meek. Of course, it was also used to describe oxen. They had been tamed, controlled, to work for their master. So one of the meanings of this word came to be teachable. A meek person is someone who will listen to instruction. This is the meaning James had in mind when he tells people to receive with meekness the engrafted word. I hope that you show up each Sunday with this meek, teachable spirit. Some people are too proud to benefit from preaching and teaching. They know everything already. They've heard it all before, and the preacher is not going to say anything new or different. And they have been in church all their lives, so they know it all anyway. The meek person is just the opposite. The meek person says, I have so much to learn, and I want to be taught. Psalm 25, 7 says, The meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. So to be meek is to be teachable. 
but it also means to be under control. By nature, we are slaves to our instincts. If we look at our culture today, we see that we are more and more becoming slaves to our passions and desires. We act impulsively, we speak impulsively, saying the first thing that pops into our heads without considering the effect on others. We go for whatever offers us instant gratification and never think of denying our physical or mental impulses. But the meek person is someone who has been tamed. We could say that he is self-controlled or better yet, God-controlled. The meek person is one who has said to our Lord Jesus Christ, I want to be subservient, submissive to all that you demand of me. Here I am, willing to give up my selfish impulses to be taught and guided. That is meekness. But there's another meaning to meekness, and it's difficult to define, but meekness in the New Testament sense has something to do with humility and gentleness. We see this combination throughout Scripture. Remember when our Lord said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Why does Jesus describe himself as someone who is meek and lowly in heart? It is meant as an encouragement for people to come to him. If you are sinful, born down by sorrow, having made such a mess out of your life, come to Jesus. He is not a hard, arrogant, austere man who is going to turn you away because you have been sinful or because you have done some terrible things. No, he's meek. That is, he is gentle and kind. If you will put his yoke upon you, that is, submit to his teaching, you will find that he is a kind and gentle master. His life will not be a burden to you. Rather, you will find rest in your souls. That is what it means to be meek. Those who are meek are gentle and kind to those who are world-weary, those who are burdened with their sinfulness and the sorrows of life. We welcome such people and want to help them find rest for their souls. So there is this quality of gentleness in meekness. In 2 Corinthians 10, 1, the Apostle Paul said, Now I, Paul, myself beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, that is how we deal with others. We beseech, we plead, we beg with meekness, the meekness and gentleness of Christ himself, that lowly attitude that welcomes the suffering and the sin sick. We also see this word in Galatians 6.1 when the Apostle Paul says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. In this verse, we see that meekness has qualities of both gentleness and humility. St. Paul says that if someone in your church is overtaken in a fault, don't be harsh and cruel to him. Don't kick him out with the attitude of, how could you have done such a thing? You're not worthy to be around us anymore. No, the Apostle Paul says that we must try to restore such a person. But this restoration must be done in a certain spirit. It has to be done in a spirit of meekness. Be gentle, but also be humble when you're doing it. St. Paul says, Restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. 
Paul says, don't be so high and mighty thinking that you are better than that person because he was overtaken in a fault. Remember that you could be overtaken in a fault as well. You are capable of doing the same thing that person has done and worse. If you had been faced with the temptations that person was faced with, if you had had the same life experiences that person had, if the devil had been allowed to assault you the way he was allowed to assault that man, then you might have done the same thing. To treat another person in a proud, arrogant attitude after they have fallen into sin is to forget that you are a sinner and capable of that sin and more. So restore the person in a spirit of meekness because you may need a meek brother one day to restore you. St. Paul says in Ephesians 4.2, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called with all lowliness and meekness with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. Notice again the combination of lowliness and meekness. Why does Paul encourage these Christians to live in this way, especially in the church? Well, for a church to survive, there has to be a great deal of long-suffering and forbearing. You see, if we were all perfect, if we never sinned against one another, there would be no need for long-suffering and forbearing. We often say, but you don't know what that person did to me. Well, that's where the forbearing and the long-suffering come in. And this patience and forgiveness is not done with a resentful attitude. We don't say, all right, the Bible says I have to put up with it, so I'll put up with it. No, you do this with lowliness and meekness. You do it knowing that people have to put up with you as well, that you have hurt others and you will hurt others. This is a fact of life. In our families, in our churches, we're going to make one another unhappy from time to time. We're going to wound one another. But if a church is walking in lowliness and meekness, it will also be a place of healing those wounds. Most people, unfortunately, don't stick around for the healing. They run to another church, another relationship, where they will be wounded again and wound others, and then run away again without ever being healed. But if we are not meek and lowly, we are not walking worthy of the vocation to which we have been called. This is your vocation. When you were called to be a Christian, you signed up to be long-suffering and forbearing, and you can't do that without meekness. We see this kind of meekness described again in Titus 3 verses 1 through 3, where St. Paul tells Titus about some duties to that congregation. He exhorts Titus to put them in mind, to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready to every good work, to speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers' lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful, and hating one another. Notice again the joining of meekness with gentleness. Be gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. Notice those alls, all meekness to all men. It's difficult to be gentle and meek toward all men, isn't it? After all, they are so sinful. They hurt us. They rub us the wrong way. How can I be meek toward them? Paul says, well, remember, think back. You also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, 
living for lust and pleasure, full of malice, envy, hateful, and hating one another. All those evil things you see in others, take a deep look. Haven't you been that way as well? Look at those people as brothers, fellow travelers that you have so much in common with. Then you'll be gentle and meek. Even when we are sharing the gospel with others, we must have the spirit of meekness. St. Peter said, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. So often when we share the gospel with others, we do it in a spirit of arrogance. And if people disagree with us, get testy, we start to lose our tempers. The fangs start to grow and show, and we get defensive. That is so contrary to the Spirit of Christ. When we share the gospel with others, we must do it in meekness, gentleness, strictly out of love for the other person and not to prove a point so that we can feel good about ourselves, our abilities, and our knowledge. Now, if what I've said about meekness is true, it still seems that the promise connected to this beatitude can't be true. The meek shall inherit the earth. It can't be that the meek will inherit the earth, can it? It's not possible that humble, gentle people could inherit the earth. The proud and the powerful inherit the earth. So we tend to forget about this promise in this verse. Usually we read it, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit heaven. But that's not what it says. It says that the meek shall inherit the earth. But it seems that only the violent and the cruel will inherit the earth. But history has shown that the proud, the cruel, and the violent can only destroy the earth. The earth will ultimately belong to the meek, not the cruel and the powerful. Eventually, all nations will come to an end because they will not be able to control the violence in the world. Human beings by nature are violent. And when all the proud and the violent have destroyed and devoured one another, who is going to be left? The meek, the common, ordinary, everyday people, the little people who know how to show kindness and gentleness to all men. Perhaps when all governments, when all wars have failed, then people will look to the meek, the gentle people, as holding the only answer for the earth. And the meek will say, only by receiving Christ as Lord and Savior can we be transformed into people who are meek as our Lord is meek. Our Lord took this promise, the meek shall inherit the earth, from Psalm 37, where we read, Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil, for evildoers shall be cut off. But those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. It is so easy for us to think that those who are powerful are going to inherit the earth. But God says, just wait, be patient, 
Trust in the Lord. Be meek. Those people who are so angry and filled with hatred, they will soon be gone. The wicked soon will be no more. And then those gentle people that everyone thought were so powerless will inherit the earth. Christians filled with the Spirit of Christ must show the world what meekness really is. And we must show them that meekness can only be demonstrated by those who know Christ. So let us go to our Lord Jesus Christ, kneel before him and say, Master, put your yoke upon me. I want to be meek. Teach me meekness and give me your Holy Spirit so that I might receive, learn, and understand all the lessons that you want to teach me about meekness. I come to you to learn those lessons knowing that you are meek and lowly in heart. Amen.